Like all the rest of us? Cloistered away. Cloistered away. How are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. My plants are dying because I'm overwatering them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That is I don't know why that got me so good. I like was not expecting <laughs> you to say that you're being over attentive to your plants in this time of seclusion. <laughs> But it makes so much sense. It just, it really resonates, Julia. <laughs> wow, your yeah. poor plants, they're like, hey, why are you here all the time now? Get out of the house. And you're like, like, I haven't um, even dried out quarantine. <laughs> no, I'm like, you're the only piece of outside I have. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be mad at me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I did bring my plant home from work, and I think it's so much happier because I had oh, oops, um, because I had a, a jade plant at work, and I planted it in, like the smallest pot possible, and it's just oh, like no. so tight together, and there's so many plants that have like tried to come up, and now it's like ten plants in one, but they're all like smushed together. Oh, I just imagined you like playing whack-a-mole with your poor plant as they're like trying to grow they're like hi hello and you're like no stay down there <laughs> no stay down there well i just brought it home and split it apart into like six different plants <laughs> oh wow you're you're pulling a real dad there i am pulling a real dad and now i have too many jade plants <laughs> <laughs> oh i wish i could take one i am not a very good plant parent but i do live in a place where succulents thrive and so i have become a succulent mm. mother <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that's where my giant aloe came from, was San Diego. Julia, I remember I just bought an aloe thinking about your giant aloe because I yeah. have like a little one and it already has little new sprouts forming. I think it's going to be a monster like yours too. Nice. Yeah, honestly, I just, I, I think that aloe died back home because I have not seen it since I brought it back home. But Oh my God, really? That aloe was enormous. I know, but I haven't seen an aloe at home in, like, years, so... Actually, that's a good point. R.I.P. aloe, that's so sad. I think they definitely killed it. Guys, this aloe, you started this aloe, like, tiny, right? And then it just became... Yeah, Dad gave me two baby aloe plants when I started college, and I I went to college in San Diego, and so it was also Mm -hmm. an environment where succulents thrive. And I honestly mm-hmm, just, like, mm-hmm. ignored it for four years. <laughs> <laughs> like, I left it outside and ignored it. And it was, like, so happy. And every, like, six months to a year, I had to repot it in a bigger pot. Both of them, I repotted them in bigger pots. And by the time I came home, I had to leave one of them in San Diego. And that one's probably doing fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, but they were, like, they were so big I could only fit one in my car. Yeah, they were, guys, they were literally, like, human-sized. Like, we had a blazer, like, a Chevy blazer at the time, and it was, like, the only other passenger we could have in the car with us. Yeah, it was, it was pretty big. I actually got, I got it back to, uh, Virginia with me in my tiny little Ford Focus, but it was quite the squeeze. Wow. Well, but hopefully it's doing well in some secluded area of the Virginia house, but... We're not no, hopeful. I think it's definitely gone. Because that when I got home, Dad repotted it into like an even more massive pot, and it was seriously so huge. I think he did get some babies out of it before the big one probably died. Oh, well, that's good. Okay, well, at least there was rebirth. Rebirth. But yeah, the other one I left with my roommate, so it's maybe doing fine in the LA area, but she also wasn't great with plants. 
So, well, if it did like being ignored, it did like being ignored, but she probably has not repotted it in anything bigger. So, yeah, it maybe has a also sadly bit the dust. But oh, that's actually what started my new love of succulents is that I so I had two really cute ones that I had gotten from the 99 cent store just down the street from me and um I'd had them forever like just like maybe a year or two honestly and I just I truly the last this last like stretch of ignoring them was a heinous amount of time like it was a very long time (laughs) and then I looked at them and they were like doubled in size and I was like okay so this is my key that I am despite everything to the contrary all data pointing in whatever direction I am a good succulent parent so (laughs) I bought a bunch of plants. I think LA is a good succulent parent. Southern California is a good succulent parent. (laughs) Well it's been great timing because honestly I just right before all of this you know sort of started hitting I was still kind of grabbing the 99 cent store actually has like a decent um, like little plant section right as you walk in. I think it's like all the plants hmm. that kind of like, you know, fell off the truck or whatever. But they have some really cute succulents. So every time I feel like I'm rescuing one from their little area there. So I have like 10 now, including an agave plant that someone in my building gave me oh. like a couple months ago. Nice. And I repotted all of them. They had like the cutest pots at the 99 cent store. And so now I'm just like, I feel like I, I feel like other people were, I did not do any, I mean, I did some stocking up, but I did not do any hoarding for sure. Except <laughs> if you want to count my succulent buying pre, <laughs> pre-coronavirus. Oh, uh, yes, yes. The succulent stock up. Oh, the succulent stock up. It has been bringing me a lot of joy. I will say that I have a little patio area that I can go out to and. Even though it's been raining, that's the thing, too. I feel like I need to protect them because I'm like, I know you guys don't want water. And so I keep <laughs> trying to, like, bring them under my, like, little overhang of the the, the part, like, partial um, part of the patios mm-hmm. covered and part of it's yeah. not. So. But that's the beauty of Southern California. It doesn't actually, like, rain rain. I mean, it, like, rains, but it rains, like, succulent amount. Well... Not recently. It's actually been really weird. It's feeling really apocalyptic here because the right <laughs> around the time that it was like, oh, we all are going to need to stay inside for a very long time. Right at that time, it just started like downpouring. And so it's been raining for like, today was a little bit better. Like today and yesterday were like the kind of clouds breaking up sort of thing. But it's been like a couple days of actual I don't know if I would go as far as to say downpour, but I would. I mean, I literally just said downpour, so I, like, maybe should have known that. Can't turn back now. I know. No, I can't. I can't go back now. It was like, I will, as an East Coaster somewhere inside me that has not completely adjusted to this climate, um, even though I've completely adjusted to this climate, it was actually raining here for a couple days. And it's been, like, super overcast and just, we keep saying, like, I, I don't know. It feels super apocalyptic right now just because of the weather. Oh, no. Well, hopefully that will clear up. And Troy, stop playing with that. <laughs> and I'm also, yes. as I have been saying, I mean, always, I feel like this maybe goes without saying, but I am extremely grateful to also be self-isolating slash potentially full quarantined with cats. Yes. No, same. It's definitely... Uh, he's going to start playing with his um, ball in a track. You know that toy? Oh, yeah. So it's going to be really loud. It's going to be super loud. <laughs> <laughs> As we're like, oh, cats are so Your great. They're such so good companions. Great. I love them. They're so entertaining. Like, How can I fuck with your audio? <laughs> Get out of there, Toonie. You have so many other toys that are soft and quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Literally this morning he was playing with, like, my hair tie. Like, there's toys strewn all over the floor, and he's having the most fun with my elastic hair tie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a hair tie is a great cat toy. They do love those. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how's your work from home been? You've been working from home for the last couple days, right? 
I have been working from home. It's been pretty great. I will say it is hard to uh, plan plan those those hours. <laughs> oh yes, it is. <laughs> so like I know what I have to get done, but like I don't want to do it right now. I'll do it later. And then I'm working from like you know like noon to eight instead of <laughs> yes. five to nine. Yeah, I would say if there's one, I feel, I will, the first thing I will say, I feel like a little bit of a jerk because I feel like as everyone is adjusting to working at home, I've been working at home for like going on two, three years now. And Mm -hmm. I I do feel like I'm mostly just having anxiety about the virus in general, but I feel like working from home, I'm like not much has necessarily changed for me um, in that respect. But Mm -hmm. I will say if I could give anyone like an actual like from my life to yours work at home tip I would say be lenient with yourself about your hours because you will definitely get distracted and like find yourself like black out and find yourself just like vacuuming your bathroom floor for no reason and being like I didn't I don't even do this normally why am I doing this um, <laughs> yeah yeah and so oh my god the number of times I end up working from like I, I don't even know like 10 30 to 2 45 and then 7 p.m to midnight like weird weird time frames like i don't know for sure hopefully like i i'm also very lucky that my job is like there are deadlines obviously but you know when you can get work done at a lot of different times so i'm also very aware of that Mm -hmm. so i don't know i hope you guys i've just been thinking about everyone i've just been feeling really like oh god i know a lot of people are getting laid off right now and moving offices and I just feel for everyone yeah for sure well I can say from my work experience um, I only work in Maryland but I'm pretty sure this is true for many if not all states if you have a child under the age of 18 or if you are under the age of 18 you can still get school meals even though schools are out yes julia this is what everyone yes we need to yes tell us everything (laughs) so for people who don't know i work at an anti-hunger nonprofit. (laughs) yes julia give us all the info yeah so i know maryland has been working really hard to be more lenient with snap so which is the the proper term for food stamps these days oh so i know they're not doing any like in-person interviews for uh applications but they are still taking applications so Mm -hmm. i would assume that most states well i think all states have to still be taking applications Mm -hmm. um but they're they're working overtime to get them done like in an emergency fashion Um, And the same with unemployment. Mm. And then school meals are still going on. Um, They're technically summer meals through the summer program. So anyone under the age of 18 can come get them. You don't have to be registered or attending the school that they're being served at. Wow, that's that's great. Yeah. And a lot of them, well, all of them in Maryland are doing a grab and go model. Um, So you just take take the bag to breakfast and or lunch and go a lot of them are serving multiple meals at a time oh so just check check with your school system it's usually on the district webpage, and it'll say like you know the hours and what meals they're serving um so yeah we have a couple of them here that are doing like a monday wednesday friday model and letting you take two days worth of food at a time <gasps> that's so, great important information to check on if you have someone in your life that is missing the school meal yeah truly i mean that's such an important thing yeah and then the other thing i would say is for WIC users i know in maryland we tend to be pretty lenient on WIC products in general um but we are also working on getting the number of and types of products that WIC users can buy expanded. Sorry, for those of us who don't know what WIC is. Um, WIC is the program, it's a state-run program for 
it's not just women and children because they let uh, single fathers use it too, but it's for children under the age of five and pregnant mothers. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a food supplement nutrition program. Um, it's run kind of like SNAP, but it's a little bit more prescriptive in the types of food that you can buy. So SNAP benefits, you go to the grocery store, you can buy anything you want except for like hot prepared meals and like household goods. You can just buy like food ingredients. Mm-hmm. With WIC, they have like a specific like basket, quote unquote, basket of food that you can buy. So it has like and I'm not very good at knowing what foods they can buy, but, you know, like formulas in there. I think like diapers and baby wipes might also be in there, Mm. but then like you get, you know, per month you get like 16 ounces of like a specific brand of peanut butter and like, you know, a bag of like black beans or a can, or like if you want juice, you have to buy like the right size and the right type. Oh. Um, so it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder to do. Um, but in this emergency situation, a lot of states are working on trying to get that to be a little bit more flexible. And then for those of us who are not WIC users, if you go to the grocery store and you see an item that has, it'll say WIC on, like, on the, the little like price bar on the, you know, like when you go and you look down and to check the price it'll say like wick next to it and that's wic right wic yeah so those are items that wick users like they can't buy anything else so if there's another option for you Mm -hmm. to buy use the other like buy the other option so that they the store doesn't run out of wick approved items yeah my gosh julia such a good psa so PSA on food <laughs> and then of course support your local businesses and restaurants and all yep. that because they're struggling too and yep all the all your local yeah exactly I can't imagine what you know say even my favorite local coffee shop is going through right now it's so such crazy times mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say too I I don't know if these are these are probably not hacks I feel like other people have found these out but um, this eased some of my anxiety. I finally signed up for HelloFresh. And I mean, I not to like promo another promo from another podcast, but I did finally use Dan. That's why we drink <laughs> promo. And it really is a good deal. That nice. first week is like a ton off. And I felt a lot better about, you know, having enough food just delivered in. And um, I did also find it was definitely more expensive than it. But I think it's because it was recycled. I found a recycled toilet paper company online that's doing a really good job of rationing toilet paper right now Hmm. um and so you can buy you can't they it's normally a subscription service but um you can buy just you know one item at a time like one um and they like obviously i bought like an eight eight pack and they'll send it to your door so that was kind of a good find too it's called number two which is cheeky (laughs) 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 that's nice and very good to know because i am running low on toilet paper and have not found any well i only went out once in the past week so obviously i wasn't looking very hard but have not found any in the time i was out yeah i know i i think a lot of times it's like i think right now sort of the vibe i'm getting is that maybe you have to because last night i was kind of searching online and that's what led me to number two but I was looking at Target and I was like, oh my God, John, Target says they have toilet paper in stock right now. So we were like, oh my God, should we like go right now? Like I, I had been staying in cause I was like a little bit nervous that I might've gotten something. Um, but he was like, oh, maybe I could go. But then we realized it was closed. So we were like, oh, I think they're, you know, stocking overnight, obviously. And then I think what's happening is that people are lining up in the mornings, mm. but I don't know if it's everywhere. A lot of places out here are doing a really good job of like letting people in. Um, like only a lot of our grocery stores are only doing like 40 people at a time mm-hmm. um, and then limiting the items everyone can buy. Uh, and that's honestly, I think that's been working pretty well. I mean, John got our normal for two people, our normal grocery order at Trader Joe's just recently. Oh, um, nice. He had to stand in a little bit of a line, but it was kind of nice. Like everyone was kind of standing away from each other and like trying to distance as much as they could. So, yeah, I know I've been telling everyone that ev- like 
the rest of society finally has a personal bubble as large as mine now. <laughs> so it's been, it's been pretty nice. <laughs> I know. I have to admit, I have been like, I am not an extrovert in any way, shape or form. So part of me, I definitely am getting a little claustrophobic in the sense that I like can't just go anywhere when I want to. But I mean, I mostly just do this anyway, so I tend to just forget for long periods of time Mm -hmm. while I'm inside because I'm such a fucking house cat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know. I just I just looked on Facebook um, because there a thing popped up about the cherry blossom festival because cherry blossoms are blooming regardless oh yeah (laughs) Um, but it kind of like brought me back to reality of like oh yeah like everything's canceled because like I also normally stay inside and am Mm -hmm. usually that person that's like oh I'm gonna do a bunch of things and I like have a bunch of events pinned on Facebook and then I'm like no I don't really want to but like yeah, I still check every day to see what's going on, but yeah, it was it was a weird feeling to be like, oh, I can't be doing anything, even if I wanted to. You know what we should honestly do? I feel like you're right. I feel like this exact I have this exact problem of like that hit of endorphins that I get from canceling plans. Like we should all just start making fake plans with each other to cancel, so that we can like <laughs> at least m- mildly trick ourselves into being like, oh, haha! Like now it's a novelty that I get to stay home. <laughs> Not a, definitely oh, not a novelty God. anymore. But I will no. say I have had more, well, last weekend before the work week, I had like a really big, like, I, I felt like super motivated. I had like a big rush of energy and was like, I'm gonna get to stay inside and do all the housework and I'm gonna be able to like make my patio cute. So I actually went out and when I panic bought I panic bought like weird patio hardware stuff (laughs) (laughs) yes wait that's so hysterical because I did the like my succulents that was the same thing there was literally one moment where I was in line at the 99 cent store this was like a week and a half ago maybe Mm -hmm. and everyone else was buying like all the like it was at the actually maybe it was only a week ago because it was at the point where like I think it was one of my last trips out before I like finally stayed in and like toilet paper was mostly out so people were buying like you know paper napkins and like Mm -hmm. anything paper related they had like carts full and I was literally buying one succulent in one pot and everyone was staring (laughs) at me like I was a freak and I was like you guys are hoarding stop it (laughs) like listen you're gonna be prepared but I'm gonna be happy so (laughs) (laughs) it was like I'm gonna be experiencing a lot of joy from this one tiny succulent so (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I went to so my preparations I went to Joanne's and I bought eight bird feeder hooks (laughs) (laughs) perfect (laughs) I just walked through the line with eight identical bird feeder hooks and I I think everyone also thought I was crazy but also I was at Joanne's so like no one was buying necessities (laughs) yeah it's also like don't judge (laughs) yeah Right. We don't judge a Joanne's. <laughs> I know, right? We're all a little weird. Everyone's arguing about coupons. Like, none of this is actually needed. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you want to judge this, what are you here for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. So that that is my... I'm going to feel so dumb if it doesn't work, but that's my solution to... Uh, Chuni being able to j- jump over my fence or my fear oh. that Chuni can jump over my fence. I'm going to put giant, <laughs> giant bird hooks at the top and then string a net over them. <laughs> this is kind of a continuation of last week because you were talking about Chuni and potentially putting some sort of like trellis item on top of your fence. <laughs> yeah, well, I decided I don't know how to attach a trellis, but I can attach bird feeder hooks. <laughs> to stick up like a foot and then they have like the hook down you know Mm -hmm. like they're kind of in like the u shape so i'm like if i put a net over it then it's gonna look like 
A, there's going to be like a foot of net at the top, but then it's going to like come out a little bit. So maybe he just won't try to jump because he'll look up and be like, oh, damn, there's a net. (laughs) Don't want (laughs) to run into that if Wile E. Coyote taught me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's my plan. (laughs) Oh, man. Actually, so should I do my uh, A? First of all, I don't think we even introduced this podcast. This is paranormal captivity. If (laughs) you're already 20 minutes into this and uh, didn't know that, I'm so sorry. And uh, Uh B, should I do my traditional try to segue what the hell we're talking about into the book? (laughs) Yeah, I guess we could talk about this book. (laughs) Well, okay. Here's the thing. I do agree with you. It's very boring. But there are some parts in this section in particular that I'm real excited to talk to you about. Yeah, okay. And the first one is the segue. So the segue is Chuni maybe trapping himself in a net and Coco trapping himself in a weird occult pyramid. <laughs> that's, that's true. That was a very weird part of the book that I was like, oh, we're getting into some like mystical sci-fi type of something, something. Yeah. I feel like we could honestly just talk about that part of the book for the rest of this episode and I would be happy. Yeah, because honestly, nothing else happens. This book is like dragging on. Guys, this is why we read these books for you so that we can recommend them. (laughs) I would not recommend this one. (laughs) No. And honestly, yeah, we're obviously going to make it jazzy, so please don't stop listening. But also, (laughs) uh, we do have some really fun books we're going to read next time like we're gonna have one more episode after this though with the conclusion of um the cat who blew the whistle yeah and hopefully but... we'll like get a real mystery because right now it's just like i don't know guys missing we don't know what happened and no one seems yeah. to care <laughs> well the addendum to what happens to coco in the pyramid there is at least a little bit of mystery with that mm-hmm. but that's also like the the book could have started right here and i would have been happy like you know and like gone from this inciting incident not like this being a third act climax yeah but that said, we are we do have some really fun books that we're going to do in the works after this. The next one was actually recommended by M from And That's Why We Drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. M looked at me really sternly one day and was like, <laughs> I have a recommendation for you. Like, or no, oh. they were like, I, I have a request for you for Paranormal Captivity. And I was like, lay <laughs> it on us, please. So... Not going to tell you what it is, but I did already buy it, and I'm really excited. (laughs) I'm excited, too. Also, um, I know I suggested doing a Rita Mae Brown again at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm down a Rita Mae Brown book, because last time Mom came to to visit me in Baltimore, she was looking at my bookshelf, and she was like, I'm going to take this one. I was like, oh. Stop it. Wait, this is such full circle because she is even the reason we are reading The Cat Who. (laughs) That is hysterical. It's still her aesthetic, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, because I got all of my cat-related mystery books from that free bookstore in Baltimore. But I have, like, a number of different, uh, I guess, series from a number of different authors that specialize in cat-related mystery books. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was like going through and explaining all of them like and this is a series and this is a series and she was like oh I know all about Cat Who like of course that's <laughs> an old hat but this one's new I'm gonna read this one <laughs> so she took a Rita Mae Brown and Sneaky Pie Brown book I don't remember which one but she's she's reading it too <laughs> I love it maybe we should have her on as a as a caller <laughs> yeah see what she thinks yeah, that'd be really fun. <laughs> if we could get her to figure out how we could, like, Skype her in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, we could, we could figure it out. Yeah. Or I'll just um, do it, we could just do it while I'm home one weekend. Well, if you're ever out of the house. If I'm ever, if I'm ever home again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, okay, yeah. So we are still reading The Cat Who Blew the Whistle. It is Mm -hmm. incredibly boring. As much as I try Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, there is some semblance of interesting thing inside. Like, if I think hard enough, like, they're literally talking about party trains, as we said before. 
that in and of itself is fun. Yeah. So much of it is not fun. It's all about, like, taxes and tax evasion and, like, that's just a boring crime. I, yeah, it definitely is. And also, like, I don't know, Quiller doesn't seem to be getting anywhere. And no, then, like, he's is really he, not. Is he even working on this mystery? Because it kind of doesn't seem like he is. He's sending Celia to do all of his work. Yeah, that's true. And we don't see what actually happens when she's doing his work for him. We just hear the stories of it afterwards. So it's not that's as exciting. True. Because it's secondhand. It's secondhand mystery yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, the biggest thing so far, I think even in the whole book that have happened for me, have been in this section. And I think it's, yeah, it's what we're about to talk about, the pyramid. Which, by the way, I've started my little dramatic readings on Instagram. And Ooh. I did a dramatic reading of that little bit where Coco walks into the, the pyramid. Oh, good. So check that out on Instagram. The um, but the instance <laughs> but also um i think most of this i think most of the reason we don't get we get celia retelling and we don't get it in scene is because the other biggest thing that's happening so far in this book is like potentially the demise of quiller and polly's relationship <laughs> yeah the other thing that's going on is that Quillerin is being a little bitch and he's like, oh, it's not fun yes. to hang out with Polly anymore because she's worried about building her house. Like, um, hello? Are you only in this relationship when she's happy? Truly. Truly. Like, that sentence you said was, like, a- an actual sentence. Oh, God, sorry. Did you hear John, like, dropping dishes <laughs> in the kitchen? <laughs> I did hear that. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, that sentence you said is truly, like, almost word for word. Like, at one point, he literally says, like, she's not, like, we used to hang out all weekend together and she's no fun anymore. (laughs) And then directly goes and hangs out with Celia. And they have this, like, fun little tete-a-tete where, like, she's his spy and and he's the, like, spy master or whatever is happening. And you're right, he's, like, not actually investigating he's having celia investigate and he's also like semi-emotionally cheating on polly (laughs) yeah what a big jerk Mm -hmm. so i say since we are already so far into this why don't we just go through some of the things that we think are like the biggest most fun points of this section yeah okay so the uh coco and the pyramid is a fun thing and that yes. that happened pretty early on. I think so. It started off with uh, Quillerin and Celia having a conversation, right? Yeah. Because this this was the first time that she went over to the Trevelyans to uh, hang out with Mama Trevelyan. Yes, Lady Trevelyan. Oh, Lady Trevelyan. Yeah, that sounds very <laughs> that sounds <messy>. fancy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the first time she goes over there, she just kind of, like, hangs out with the Trevelyan's wife and daughter, um, who we actually met before, and we met so long ago that I had, like, it, like, rang a bell when she said her name, and I was like, oh, didn't we meet someone who, like, had a name that wasn't really their name, like, (laughs) in another book? And it was definitely this book. It was the same character. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so we we kind of get a sense that um, the the wife is like I don't I can't really tell what's going on with her. I'm like a little bit suspicious that she's like in on something or like causing some trouble. You know, like the she wife. Seems, the wife doesn't she seem a little like like suspicious to you? Like she seems from at least from. Celia's description of her like almost happy that her husband's gone and I'm like did you cause this <laughs> did you oh, know what's going on that's interesting yeah I guess I didn't take it that way I took it as like but you're right she is very happy that her husband's gone I think I took it as like he's an asshole and she was like trying to yeah like I mean just that could definitely be it too to be rid of him but it is true I mean that would be a good twist actually if she was somehow that would involved be a in it and twist. Be, it would be and like now she has the money to take herself to fucking switzerland wait a minute 
<laughs> yeah. Right? This is going to be one of those moments where, like, we predict an ending that we want and then it is. We write a better book than Lily and Jackie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, so the the wife is definitely happy her husband's gone. Um, The daughter seems, like, very stressed out, I think, probably because she inherited a business that has already been run to the ground. Yeah. And has also never been able to do what she actually wanted to do in life. So I'm waiting yeah. for the the wife to be guilty of everything and the daughter to finally be, like, free of all of that and be like, I'm going to start a catering business or, you know, something. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, oh, should we hold an, an ambulance. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, should we hold? <laughs> Um, yeah, true. No, I think you're totally right because I, I actually got the sense that, um, oh shoot, I forget her name because she gave like a bunch of fake names, but the daughter who's the accountant. Tish. Tish. Yes. Tish. I got the sense that Tish, because it sounds like now based on what Celia is saying, that it wasn't just bullshit that she wants to be a writer. And this is the second time now that someone's been like, hi, have you gone to the local community college? I think she's going to become a main character or like a side character later, like a, yeah. a cat in the cast of characters. That would make sense because, I mean, if she wants to go to college, there's a college right there. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think she's in that place of like, she didn't get to do what she wanted at any point in her life. And I think she also like knows how fucked her family is because of like the IRS coming down on them and everything. I think she's like she's in that like, you know, cozy mystery damsel in distress place where like kinda like Elizabeth mm-hmm. last book where Quillerin's gonna like inadvertently grumpily pull her out <laughs> of it. <laughs> and then you're right, she's gonna start a catering business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is weirdly Quillerin and Celia's front to Andrew Brody like they weirdly have to have a cover story to Andrew Brody Quillerin thinks I know this is like one of the weirdest parts of the book that they can't just be like oh we're friends it's very strange (laughs) or that he can't just be like oh she's doing this program she's working for the Trevelyans and her friends like he had to concoct this whole story of like oh she's doing a catering business and like she was dropping off lunch today and then andrew brody rightfully was like well why the fuck was she there for eight hours and Quillen was like oh um, uh, I, don't know, I don't know and also like know. why is she here in moose county and Quillen's like uh yeah he is <laughs> like, so stupid <laughs> i know it doesn't make any sense like all of this would be cleared up if he was just like hey, this is, uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? Gage, Grandma Gage's uh-huh. friend who I was in touch with to help solve her murder and we stayed in touch and now we're, we were pen pals and now we're friends and she came to hang out here because she hated Florida. <laughs> like, is that is that a hard explanation to, like, have? Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I keep trying to say, or, like, in my head wanting to be, like, yeah, but, like, the time period of this. But, like, again, this is, like, now, I think, the late 90s. This is, like, the... I know. I was gonna say, this is not the 50s anymore. This Mm -mm. is definitely, like... Wait, let me look in this... Let me look in this bitch. (laughs) Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, this is copyright 1994. This was, like, when I was alive and a child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah... I don't know. I think it's I think it's also like going towards the thing also of like Quillerin and Polly are so on the rocks that like I think I think it's just activating Quillerin's guilt of, you know, he's clearly having way more fun with Celia right now than he is with Polly. Yeah. And that's clearly making him feel very guilty and act out. But he keeps throwing it in Polly's face to make her jealous when he could easily use that explanation to be like hey, let's all hang out because we should all be friends. Yeah, or, like, instead of demanding that Polly just stop thinking about her house, like, offering her real, actual help, and not even help, like, he's kind of offering her help in the sense of, like, he wants her to to outsource a lot of these things, but she's already said that she doesn't want to do that, so he could be offering emotional support, maybe, which he's not. Yeah, because in that dinner that they have together, mm-hmm. so Quillerin and Polly in this section have a dinner together where he's like, he invites her 
to go out with him and then he's like and we're both gonna make like promises i'm gonna stop like hating on bootsy and you're gonna stop worrying about your house like (laughs) you can't make that promise for someone first of all but then he sits through the entire dinner and is like oh she's like so distracted i know she's just thinking about her house the whole time she's not even paying attention to me when like the dinner could have been him like listening to her vent about the house and then she would have felt better about it Mm -hmm. and they would have had fun at least like starting halfway through right or he could have also taken because she she did not talk about the house the entire time he just perceived her as being a little extra distant and like he could have instead of bitching to us the reader (laughs) he could have you know taken her effort as like she obviously is going through a lot on her end you may not see it or agree with it but like you could take her effort as effort towards a common ground and run with it and like give her a little leeway which he did not (laughs) he did not ugh So, yeah, that's the whole through line for, like, most of this section. Actually, all of this section is that Quillerin definitely has at least two, probably three, hangouts with Celia, in which he gets updates about the Trevelyans. Mm -hmm. And then he does, right, he sees Polly a few times, and every time that he sees Polly, we, the reader, get a very... Yeah, we just get an earful of Quillerin being like, she's no fun anymore. Like, these are becoming Ugh, ob- obligatory, like, hangouts. And it's like, yeah, just like you said, it's like, are you only with her when she's, like, her standard everyday self? Like, are you not, she can't have any other emotion outside of that? I know. Yeah, he's definitely not the uh, supportive man friend that... Mm-mm anyone would hope for yeah well either way can we pretty please talk about the pyramid now yes tell the story of the pyramid also can you hear oh oh, there he is i see him can (gasps) can you hear mushu thumping around upstairs (laughs) no i can't hear it but maybe i will on the mic later okay yeah he he so he's such a cranky old man, but he does love to play, but only oh. when literally no one is watching him. He won't even play <laughs> while I'm in the room <laughs> and watching him. He's such a weird dog cat. He chases his tail. Like, that's how he plays. <gasps> oh, buddy. Oh, my so God. So he just, like, he'll he'll start thumping around, and I'll, like, poke my head in, and he's just, like, running in circles chasing his tail. <laughs> Oh my god, sorry, you got me mid-wine like, me like... sip. <laughs> and then, yeah, he'll see me and, like, get embarrassed and run back under the bed. <laughs> oh, buddy! Oh my god, Such a little weirdo. But yeah, he was just thumping around upstairs, so I can imagine he was probably chasing his <laughs> I feel like in the same way that Franklin and Chuni are very similar and would either, like, love or hate each other, Mushu and mm-hmm. Murphy are also very similar and would most likely hate each other, but are very similar. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, nice. you guys, this goddamn pyramid. So, we get yet another, it almost, this was another thing about this book, which was like, we almost get a repeat of a scene that we have before where Quillerin has a moment where someone elizabeth specifically is giving him something that he does not know what it is so and also kind of hates <laughs> <laughs> i mean he definitely hates this potentially more than the rocking chair so mm-hmm. it's late at night he sees headlights coming up his driveway and he's like what the fuck's happening who's here it is our good friend derek <laughs> derek cuddlebrink <laughs> and fran and elizabeth true this is their like little threesome now they are like friends these three i mean derek Mm -hmm. and elizabeth are dating Mm -hmm. but and fran's their director (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um so the three of them roll on up and before quillerin has even like he opens the door before he can like even say anything the three of them are talking like well where should we put it like oh and and fran because she did all the interior decorating in quillerin's house slash apple barn 
she's like, oh, right over there in that one specific place. It'll go perfectly. And Quillerin's like, what the fuck will go perfectly? <laughs> yeah, I think his exact words were not another rocking chair, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which was hysterical because did you catch that little bit of like LBJ, L- LJB writing, which was like, uh, what was it? It was like he said that and he thought that he was being like tactful, but it was like, that's not a tactful Yeah, it was sentence. like his way of trying to be like, oh, not another rocking chair, right? To like give himself room to say no mm-hmm. if it was another rocking chair, but also trying to like not offend anyone. And I was like, I don't think there's a tone that you could use that would not yeah. be like a little bit offensive. <laughs> Yes, yes, correct. Um, So what it turns out to be, which was actually, I was like dying a little bit inside, like laughing because this was your guess initially when we were talking about the rocking chair coming in. Remember, like you were like, oh. No, I think this was Quillerin's guess. Oh, ah, okay. Well, his wish came true then because (laughs) now not only does he have a rocking chair he hates, but he also has a pyramid that Elizabeth was talking about. (laughs) So I don't know a ton about spiritual pyramids or like their significance, but they, it sounds almost in the, in the same realm of like tarot cards or almost like I was even thinking like a friend of mine once went to like a sound bath and it was really like, she just said it was like a great experience and she had like all these like new revelations and whatnot so it's like it sounds like along those lines of like occult is probably the wrong word but like but like maybe but like maybe yeah it's very like energy related i think like definitely like Mm -hmm. channeling or producing i'm not sure but it's yeah it's i don't think it's at least in in this book it's definitely not the like Illuminati type pyramid thing that I feel like I've heard of most of the time. This is definitely a little bit more like, yeah, mm, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) I feel like this is gonna be offensive, but a little bit more like pod people. Pod people. I don't know how that would be offensive because I don't (laughs) understand the connection. (laughs) Do you mean like body snatchers? Like. Like, a little alien-esque? Well, I think that's the point, because remember, I mean, the they're, the play that they're doing, they're doing A Midsummer Night's Dream, but they're doing it, they're interpreting all of the fairies to be aliens. Aliens, which is yeah. Hysterical. Which hysterical. I feel like the, someone, which someone hated, and that's why Quillerin's getting the pyramid. Oh, no, you're totally right. Yeah, they built, apparently built this pyramid, or Elizabeth brought it from maybe her home on Breakfast Island, and uh, you're right, they took it to... <laughs> All of these words we're saying, <laughs> this is this is what we talk about. Um, yeah, no, you're right, because they brought it to Larry Landspeak, who's the director of the play, and apparently he just shot them down immediately and was yeah. like, no, <laughs> no, get this out of here. <laughs> and then Quillerin's like, and why did you get it out of here to my home? <laughs> but it's pretty amazing because they set it up like immediately in his house. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, serving them drinks, and, like, they're all kind of chit-chatting, and, like, while they're all kind of, like, back and forth, like, talking, and Quillerin's obviously being very grumpy, but, like, still a good host, which is his, like, M.O. in general, Um, he sees, I think, maybe it's Derek, actually, that sees Yum Yum's up in the rafters, I think, and Coco just kind of quietly walks in to the pyramid like they've actually set up like Derek even brought like screwdrivers and like they have assembled this pyramid mm-hmm. and Coco walks into the into the pyramid he sits down in the dead center of this pyramid he poofs out like a like cats do when they're scared he gets really poofy but he stays where he is in the middle of the pyramid and as soon as he like sits down or like establishes himself in the middle of the pyramid the lights go out in the entirety of Moose County. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it, but I know that the answer is not going to be as like woo woo as I want it to be. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I want it to, well, because the other half of that 
is that everyone leaves and then uh, Quillerin like shakes a treat bag and calls both of the cats over to him and Mm -hmm. uh, Yum Yum comes running Coco kind of like moves a little bit slower and he just kind of like still poofed like walks out of the pyramid and as soon as he leaves the lights come back on so uh yes. El- yeah Lillian Jackson Brown is definitely setting it up to make it seem like cats and pyramids do have some sort of mystical power but also from her um, other books we know that she does not completely confirm I guess she didn't totally deny the presence of ghosts but she absolutely did not confirm any sort of mystical mystical beings or creatures or things in her other books so i'm assuming it will also be kind of a letdown but it was a pretty cool scene i know and i'm sorry none of you could see the intense eye roll i just did which is (laughs) directed directly at lillian jackson brown because i obviously want all of the scenes with all of the paranormal things and i just know that i'm not gonna get it (laughs) i know (sighs) but no you're you're right the the second half of that is pretty great because yeah as soon as the light as soon as coco walks back out he depoofs and the lights come back on which is just it's just great. It's just a chef's mm-hmm. kiss to the end of mm-hmm. that end of that little scene. It's such a good scene. Yeah. And the other interesting thing that we get, which is why I was saying if this if the book had started with this, you know, maybe with a Midsummer Night's Dream, the setup to the pyramid, the pyramid Coco, and then if this had been the first thing, like the first inciting mystery moment, because then the next day Quillerin opens the paper and finds out that there's been a murder at the local tavern in the middle of the blackout. Like, that's interesting. That is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's like an actual mystery. Uh-huh. Like, we have we have an actual mystery now. It's not just some guy who absconded with money. Yeah. Then, like, no one is following. Yeah, and we also are maybe, because this is so late in the book, are led to believe this is not... Like, I I do think that potentially this mystery will be solved, but, like, this is more of a main, a main mystery, a main, like, crime. I mean, this is literally more of a crime than what has happened so far. It's also a more interesting crime because the guy who was, so it was, like, a stabbing in a bar, and the guy who got Mm -hmm. stabbed, I think, was identified, but they, like, he was like no one noticed him in the bar and so it was like apparently a really busy night it was a soccer tournament on uh on tv and so everyone was kind of like rooting for their own teams or you know like not paying attention to anyone else so it was kind of like no one saw it happen a because the lights were out but also everyone was distracted so no one even remembers like who his companion was so it really is like yeah more of a like ooh you know like what was going on over there kind of thing yeah it honestly has like kind of a fun twin peaksy vibe of like you know very mysterious very paranormal but also really rooted in like the real world like it it feels really like that's a that's the story i want to like hear but you're right it feels like this is going to be kind of a side story to the main mystery which we've already been given unfortunately which is about model trains <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn model trains yeah also this one has already like sort of been linked to like drug trade and like drug use i think because like wasn't that kind of where where quillerin was going with Mm. um like he i think he was he was like linked the person who got stabbed with the uh trevelyan's son and like the construction company like, mm-hmm. wasn't he one of the, the people who was working on Polly's house? And I think they were trying yeah. to link it to, like, oh, you know, Trevelyan's son was, like, he's straightened out now. He's, like, you know, definitely a, you know, hard worker. His construction company's doing well. But, like, he had some problems in the past. And, like, especially in high school, like, he was kind of a troubled youth. And, like, this guy who got stabbed was, like, his friend from that time period. Yeah, that's right. We do get some confirmation about that. Although I guess... If I had to guess looking at it, you're right, they do confirm, or at least as far as, like, Quillerin sleuthing confirms, uh, Quillerin goes to talk to the old uh, train conductor who drove, or uh, was the engineer for the party train at the beginning, 
and he brings up a lot of sort of in the way that in past books we've gotten like a, a historical mystery connected to the the real-time mystery we sort of start to get that because then we get the picture of like uh who is it Trevelyan's senior's wife her dad is that conductor and his last name is Penn who then full circle is what Trevelyan's daughter uses as a fake last name when she talks to Quillerin. It's like a whole thing. And like, it turns out he seems to know a lot about, uh, at least he's been estranged from the family because he hated Trevelyan senior so much, but he does at least know, I think it was him, right. That confirmed that, uh, Trevelyan junior used to hang out with this guy who is the guy they think, was killed in the bar but again it's like yeah it's like a very slippery like mysterious thing of like no one could remember any of them except that he had a ponytail mm-hmm. and people were like everyone has a ponytail in this county <laughs> <laughs> yes um but yeah you're right i think i think they're trying to i think that might be a red herring i think they're trying to put it on like trevelyan jr's like like troubled past but then i don't know i wonder if somehow it's going to turn back to like honestly maybe it still is maybe trevelyan jr is a part of it in in with his dad and everything and is like killing people off because they know too much or because they maybe they were drug running with it within their you know credit union cover or whatever i guess i could go a bunch of different ways i honestly don't feel like they've given us enough clues to figure it out (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely, like, a sporadic mystery and nothing, no, like, real information and nothing connected so far. Mm-hmm. I know. This is, I feel like we're going pretty hard on this book, unfortunately, this time, but this one really is one of the more, like, disconnected ones in my mind, unfortunately. Although it it is super fun. I mean, it has the pyramid and it has Coco and it has the blackout. And so, like, yet again, that would be a great, great story, like... Like, what if Coco time-traveled in that pyramid? Like, what if it, like, took him somewhere for a minute and he witnessed the murder in the blacked-out tavern? We don't know! Oh my god, that's why he knows so much. He (gasps) has pyramid energies. Oh my god, that's why he knows so much. You're totally right. He's an an omniscient being now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I did have a moment where I was like, if I'm quarantined as long as, like, this who knows potentially could go on should i just like start writing a cozy mystery myself <laughs> i mean yeah duh <laughs> we'll see maybe john honestly john keeps telling me i should put up chapters for a patreon so we'll see if that happens Ooh, yeah that'd be fun i had an idea already but now i think i should write a quarantine cozy mystery quarantine cozy mystery yes Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's besides the point. I don't know what else to say about this section. <laughs> yeah, let me just... I'm going to go ahead and flip through and see if there's anything else. Okay, okay. Because I... Yeah, I feel like I, by the time I got to the end of this section, I was like, okay, this is getting, like, a little bit more interesting. But, like, that's when the murder happened, and I think that's that's kind of what what got me was like all right this is like an actual like something that my brain can like grab onto because the rest of it it's just so like mundane yeah but yeah i think that's like kind of pretty much it this also was a shorter section um so not as much happened just because it was like a chapter less than we usually read Mm mm-hmm yeah um, but yeah, that's kind of, I mean, honestly, that's kind of it. Um, when we learn that, uh, the old conductor is the Trevelyan grandfather, I guess he's not, a, he's not a Trevelyan, but the, he's uh, Mrs. Trevelyan's father. Um, Quillerin does. He's a pen. He's a pen. Um, but <laughs> Quillian does push for a uh, family reconnection now that uh, Trevelyan's like kind of, I mean, he is out of the picture. We don't know if he's like permanently out of the picture or not, but mm-hmm. Quillian does push for, for reconciliation. So I'm, 
expecting that to maybe happen. I don't know if he's going to become a, like, more permanent character, but maybe he and Tish could have, like, a nice moment in the future. Mm-hmm. Which I think that would be nice if she, like, distances herself from the family. She can maybe get get back on her grandfather's good side who she's never met. Yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense because he's also very, you know, he's a hardworking dude. And I think part of the whole reason he didn't like Trevelyan Sr. is that Trevelyan Sr. was very, like, showy and, like, you know, clearly threw his money around a lot. And this guy was just, you know, a lifelong train engineer and was very proud of it and it sounds like Mm -hmm. tish is also in that boat of like she doesn't seem to care a ton about her family's wealth or you know impending doom or her part you know she clearly doesn't even want to be a part of it but yeah it seems like they would connect pretty well on like they just want to be normal people yeah yeah yeah, I don't know. I think we I think we covered it. We didn't cover it in order, but we covered it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We also covered do you wanna give a last little tag too? I mean I feel like your PSA was so good. Um, but maybe we buried it in the middle. <laughs> do you wanna give a last little wrap up on uh <laughs> last little recap on, on food? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, on school lunches that are are uh, being extended, even though school is not in yes, session. Yes, so school meals are still available. Check with your school districts for sites um, and for schedules. Hopefully the one nearest you is giving out multiple days at a time, so you don't have to go out as often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's see what else is going on. Um, SNAP benefit rules are changing they're being more lenient applications are still being accepted um in-person interviews are no longer happening they're trying to do everything over the phone oh good um same with same with WIC um in-person clinics are closed in-person interviews are not happening um they're pushing deadlines for um like recertifying benefits um and trying to do as much over the phone as possible um, people are still working though, so if you have any questions or concerns, call your local state agency or your local district agency or your local clinic. Someone will get back to you. Um, yeah, let's see, what else? Seniors, I don't have as much resources on. I don't really know what's going on, but I know I'm pretty sure Meals on Wheels are still delivering. Um, I don't work as much with the senior hunger as much as child hunger, but um, pretty sure Meals on Wheels is still going along. That's more of a um, ch- like charitable sector mm. uh, area, which we don't we work with federal and state benefits. But I'm pretty sure like local food banks are still open um their hours might be different they might be distributing food a little bit differently but definitely reach out to local food banks um if you are needing that assistance and yeah that's that's kind of it bravo jules yeah there are always anti-hunger agencies in every state so nonprofits are still working we're all working from home but we're still working (laughs) so i know we we do snap outreach and help people sign up for snap benefits so we still have like our toll-free number um that goes to an answering machine but we have our snap outreach coordinator checking it daily and getting back to people so even if you hit an answering machine someone will get back to you cool I'm, I mean, I can speak mostly just for our organization, but I are still working and trying to make sure people have food yeah. during this time. So my guess is that in every other state, even if you get an answering machine, someone will get back to you. Yeah. And if I've seen anything, I mean, this is obviously not within any uh, quite as a uh, uh, an altruistic, you know, industry as yours. But when I have seen people like this is so unprecedented, the, the people who are working in the the fields where the places where things are changing like even with um you know and that's why we drink with the booking agent like the things that are happening have been so unprecedented that you know maybe our normal questions like you know when will a show be rescheduled or when will 
you know, when will something happen or when will I get a certain email? Like those things are like yeah. those people are still working on those things. It's just right. You know, yeah. Taking a lot longer, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. Well, in general, we just hope you guys are all doing well. Reach out if you guys need anything. Um, I mean, I don't know that I can send you anything from my home specifically because who knows if I've, you know, any of us have been infected, but let us know if, you know, what we can be doing to help otherwise, just content wise or in general. Um, yeah, we hope you guys are all doing well. We know, um, you know, it's hard being, you know, where we are now, which is wild and unprecedented. Yeah. Well, if I can help in any way, it will be trying to catch Mushu while he's playing with his tail. I will post <laughs> uh, that video please. if I can. <laughs> <laughs> please, please do that. Please. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I mentioned before, but our initial instinct was to post the our, uh, our dramatic reading series on Patreon, but I think we're going to put those up on Instagram uh, from now on, just in case that's, you know, just because that's more public for people. Um, right now just in case it's helping and uh yeah let us know if there's anything else we can be doing and uh yeah we're just sending you and your pets and your all everyone all the best yeah all right well bye (laughs) (laughs) bye